Hello, and welcome back to the To The Heights podcast. My name is Olivia Colombo, and I'm a young Catholic changemaker, and I am so excited to be embarking on this journey of sharing the stories of the young people of the Catholic Church and those who minister to them. Before we jump into today's episode with a super exciting guest who I I just loved talking with her so much, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. I walked away feeling so uplifted and fulfilled, and I just, I love her. <laughs> That's all. She's the daughter of St. Paul. What's not to love? But before that, I have a little shout out, promo, situation, update to give you. So as some of you may know, the To The Heights podcast became part of the Grexley Podcast Network on January 1st of this year. Grexley is a brand new podcasting division of the Catholic TV Network. Catholic TV is where I record this podcast and how it all got started. But on January 1st, we launched seven other new podcasts. So we're part of a network with eight podcasts total. Super awesome podcasts. All people who are somewhat connected to Catholic TV, either priests who do things here, staff members here, our social media coordinator um, has a podcast, um, Kevin and Jay, who host our live show, Tommy Ty. All of these super cool people got together and created podcasts following the To The Heights podcast, um, and it's all part of Grexley, which is grexley.com. You can hear more about the making of Grexley, what's behind the name, why it's called that, all of that, in the first episode of this year, which came out January 1st on the To The Heights um, podcast, where we talked about where we talked with Kelsey, who is kind of one of the masterminds behind Grexley. But the shout out that I want to give is Grexley has a Patreon, which is super cool. I never thought that I would be one of those people who's like, I have a Patreon and I have merch, um, but I am. But so patreon.com slash Grexley um, is where you can support the podcast on three different tiers. We It's all on there. You can go check it out, patreon.com slash Grexley or grexley.com. Um, there's also a link to our shop there where you can find super cool merch from Grexley and from all of the podcasts there. There's some pretty sweet mountain goat stickers um, that our guest today was bugging me about that she wants one, which I will absolutely get her some mountain goat stickers. And now our guest for today is Sister Christina Miriam of the Daughters of St. Paul. She is amazing and lovely. Um, she works for the publishing house here in Boston for the Daughters of St. Paul at their mother house. And she also does vocations work and runs vocations retreats here in Boston. That's actually how I met her. I met her at the Steubenville East Conference in like 2016, um, and she invited me to come on their one-day high school retreat over the summer that summer, and I went with one of my best friends and absolutely loved it, and that is how I fell in love with the Daughters of St. Paul. Sister Christina is just an amazing human being, and we had such a good conversation, such a good spiritual and like gentle and warm conversation um, relating back to some topics that I talked about with Michaela Hagar a few weeks ago of um, our self-worth and being a half-decent tree. We also talk about just tips for discerning, given that vocations is a hot topic for her, um, helping out and working in the vocations world and also being a sister and having gone through it. So we get to hear her personal vocation story um, and how powerful it is to hear each other's stories, but also like what's the line between oversharing someone's story and being vulnerable. We discuss all of that in a really heartfelt conversation that I enjoyed so much. So get excited and keep listening to hear Sister Christina's story of reaching to the heights. All right, hello and welcome back to the To the Heights podcast. We are here in the Catholic TV studio in Watertown and I have a super exciting guest who I just cannot wait to chat with. Would you like to introduce yourself? 
Well, sure, Olivia. I'm Sister Christina Miriam from the Daughters of St. Paul, and I'm really happy to be here. Yes. Um, Sister Christina and I met um, a few years back at a student beliefs conference, um, and we, I don't know, our paths keep crossing. You were studying at BC, right, for... The seminary, in Seminary, ah, which was, I don't know, kind of around the BC campus. And I ended up at BC, and I ended up visiting a bunch of times and coming over for mass and breakfast and whatnot um, over at the Mother House. Um, And we ran into each other at the bookstore, and our paths keep crossing, and um, it's been wonderful. And wonderful to be around the Daughters of St. Paul. Last season, we had on Sister Bethany, um, which was amazing, and she's she's just so, like, she makes me smile so much. I feel like she's big shoes to fill on this podcast, <laughs> but we'll, we'll yeah. try to do yeah. it justice. <laughs> um, and she's the one who started the whole goat situation on the yes. podcast yeah. that, I don't know, now we have merch with mountain goats on it yes. because of whatever she started and whatever Father Cassidy finished. <laughs> <laughs> and I fully intend mm. to add a goat to, I have a water bottle here full of <laughs> podcast merch. Yes. So, you know, I've got big tree representing, clerically speaking, tea with Tolkien, but I think yes. to the heights is going to have to get mm-hmm. at it here. We definitely. will definitely get you a mountain goat mm-hmm. sticker. Yep. But thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> um, all right. So my game plan for this kind of conversation is I, I've heard you speak about a lot of things and like spent a lot of time with you, but I've never fully heard your vocation story. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear a little bit of your story, but I also want to hear about what you do at the Daughters of St. Paul now and kind of since you're so involved with vocations there, um, mm-hmm. your take on um, tips for discerning, tips for discerning within like specific orders um, and whatnot and wherever else this conversation leads because I'm open to that. So would you like to start off with a little bit like where you grew up, where you went to school? Sure. That sort of base level introduction yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. it's um it's always interesting to me to to tell my story because it's my story it doesn't feel super exotic to me but I was just talking with the sisters about how how beautiful it is to hear other people's stories and that like sometimes people don't know the power of sharing their Mm. story you know and to see like Things that may seem ordinary to us can be really powerful when yeah. other people hear it. Like I just, I know I've been moved so much to hear um, how how God has worked in other people's mm-hmm. lives and like the amazing things that that some like other sisters have done and yeah, you know. Um, so anyway, so in that spirit, I will yes. <laughs> happily yeah. share um, a little bit of my own my own experience of the Lord. So. I have, I've been a daughter of St. Paul for almost 22 years. Wow. So this August is 22. Aww. And that's kind of amazing to me. Yeah. Um, I, I have done things as a daughter of St. Paul that I would, I'm quite certain I would have never done <laughs> if God hadn't called me to the yeah. convent. So um, that, I think that, that surprises me. Like mm-hmm. my life as a religious sister has almost certainly been more adventurous than if I had not <laughs> entered a convent, yeah. which just seems counterintuitive. Huh. Um, but the the Lord started working in my heart when I was a little kid. So I grew up in Ohio. Okay. And now I've lived actually more of my life in New England, I think, than mm. I lived in Ohio. 
but um, I I love the little town I grew up in. Um, I was homeschooled for most of most of my education um, all the way through high school. And when I was a kid, if you wanted a book, you had to go to a bookstore. So yeah, <laughs> I grew up in the pre-Amazon days. <laughs> So I, it's 22 years in the convent, and I'll turn 106 <laughs> shortly thereafter. No, um, So when I was a kid, my folks liked to go uh, to the Daughters of St. Paul bookstore mm-hmm. that we had in Cleveland at the time. Because if you wanted a Catholic book, you had to yeah. hunt down the nearest Catholic bookstore. So um, we would go a couple times a year. It was a, a little bit of a trek yeah. from where I lived. But I grew up reading a lot of the kids' books that our sisters uh, wrote and published and sold through the book center. And I was a bookworm, so I loved, I loved reading our kids' books. And that had a really powerful uh, impact on my relationship with God because my family was, was practicing Catholics and, and very, um, very devout. We prayed the rosary every day. Uh, for a while, we even did daily mass, mm-hmm. which must have been quite a feat for yeah. my parents to, like, get all us kids <laughs> out the door. How many of you? Um, oh, there? I'm the oldest of five. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, we we did, you know, all the Catholic things. But it really impressed me in reading the books that the sisters wrote and published. Uh, I read a lot of the lives of the saints. And yeah. to learn about the saints... Um, I was listening to some of your your podcasts. I think you're one with Father Cassidy. You guys talked about like patron saints and how you discover a saint or a saint might stalk you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I thought that was great because I've had my own experience of like not really looking for a saint, but like the saints coming to find me. And and through reading the lives of the saints as a kid, I realized like they were real people Mm -hmm. and they they knew Jesus in a really real and personal way and it made me think like that could be me too yeah like I could have this this personal relationship with Jesus and so I I started to develop this friendship with the Lord and when I when I got into high school uh, the sisters held here in Boston a uh, discernment retreat for women Mm -hmm. in high school the first ever St. Paul summer program so this was 1995, and I think this year might be 25 years. Ooh, does that sound right? I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, my math yeah. may be faulty there, but yeah. anyways. Still a big number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm an editor. I'm not a numbers person. Same. Journalist. For everyone out there in listener land. Um, everybody's going to check the math out. <laughs> I know. They're all... <laughs> We're so engaged in the conversation, they're all, like, scrutinizing <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Anyway, so I came I, – I heard about the retreat. The sisters invited me because I, I had spoken to them. I was like, you know, maybe I'm interested in this, and they invited me. And so I came uh, while I was in high school, and I spent a week here in Boston with the sisters. I don't think I had ever made a trip like that on mm-hmm. my own up until that point. So this was, like – the first of yeah. my high adventure <laughs> as um, in following the Lord's call for me, I suppose, because I wasn't a sister yet. Um, 
And it was an amazing experience for me. Uh, three of the sisters made their final profession that week. Oh, wow. And I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know the three sisters who were making their vows. Um, I'm not even sure I knew that was going to happen before I got yeah. here or, like, it made any impression on me. But I remember so distinctly what it was like to be – like, I didn't – there was so much I didn't know or understand, yeah. but I could feel the grace of that moment. And to see these three women like give their lives to God forever was so powerful. And I, I remember feeling and thinking really clearly to myself, like, no matter where God calls me, this was a huge grace for me. Like, I was so glad I had taken this step to make this retreat. Um, and I just kept coming back. And a lot of it had to do with this sense of like I wanted to I wanted to be able to continue the mission of the sisters that had done so much good for me. Yeah. Like made me realize like like Jesus doesn't love me in this big general vague way, but mm-hmm. like he loves me particularly and personally and he loves every single one of us like that and and like every detail of our lives. Yeah. And that that just, that transformed me as a young person and uh, really, really was like the seeds of my vocation. So mm. can I tell you about the saint who stalked me? Yes, please okay. do. <laughs> and I'm glad you listened to that episode. There's there's a lot of saint talk happening there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so one of, the, one of the books that I had read as a kid, I was probably like 11 or 12 years old. And uh, my folks used to make an hour of adoration on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And we could go with them if, like, we were willing to, yeah. like, make an hour of adoration <laughs> in church, right? So I was a bookworm. So I was like, I'll totally go. I'll bring one of my, like, holy books from the Daughters yeah. of St. Paul. <laughs> and that's fine with me. Like, an hour to yeah. read, right? Um, so it was, like, spiritual reading for a kid. Yeah. That was great. And I remember being in the, the church with the Blessed Sacrament exposed. And I I didn't have, like, a super clear awareness of, like, yeah. like Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament or whatever. But I was like, this is this is a, yeah. you know, a thing we do in church. This is a sacred moment. And so I, I was reading the life of St. Francis Xavier mm-hmm. that one of our sisters had written. Um, and he was a, a great missionary who lived, like, five or six hundred years ago now and traveled halfway around the world to tell people about Jesus. Um, Really kind of a St. Paul sort of figure. And I remember being so impressed reading his story, like impressed, like, like I felt it in my heart, like, Mm -hmm. wow, like there is something, I didn't feel a desire to like move halfway around the world or like, I don't, I wouldn't have said, yeah. like, I'm so adventurous, <laughs> like, I could give up everything and go on a ship for six months yeah. to unknown lands. Like, um, but I, I felt something resonate in me with his desire to share what God had done with in his life mm-hmm. uh, with other people. And to me, that was kind of, I think that was the first seed of my vocation um, especially like the sense of like mission yeah. that's really strong in our community as uh, hashtag media nuns, <laughs> uh, evangelizing through the media. So um, I didn't think a lot about Francis Xavier until I entered the convent. 
And then uh, he reappeared right before I made my first vows and just started to be like this, this spiritual presence in yeah. my life. And, and I've really felt his friendship in a, a particular way. Uh, so I kind of feel like he's one of those saints that I didn't go look for, but he's kind of yeah. had my back all along. And I think that's so cool. So if you're out there listening, look for your saint friends because you have them even if you don't know them. Like you may yes. not realize who's interceding for you, who's, you know, praying for you. But I yeah, I would bet you anything you've you've got intercessors in heaven. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that reminds me, Father Cassidy, if you're listening, you would be very proud. Um, I finally ordered and it came yesterday, Story of a Soul. Oh, good job. I, like, have been meaning to for, like, literally years at this point. Yeah. And, like, Therese is definitely someone who, like, she saint stalks me. Like, (laughs) her relic is literally, like, what, like, five feet from us right now? Yeah. And I don't know. Even in high school, like, Bishop Reed would call me, like, the little flower. And, like, Mm -hmm. I had a theology teacher who called me the little flower and made comparisons all the time. And I was like, yeah, sure. She's a lot like me. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> like, and then she's just, and my middle name is Rose. I was and, thinking yep. that. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> there was just always, always connections, and I was like, "You're, you're too much like me." Like, yeah, pushing, pushing you away a little bit. Um, but then Father Cassidy and Catholic Twitter have worn me down, and yeah. I ordered it, and I will read it. That's beautiful. Yes. You'll love it. Yeah, you'll love it. Yeah, I yeah. even remember my confirmation sponsor in high school, who was my chemistry teacher. He like. I don't know. I have a sticky note somewhere that I came across like a year ago that he had written like you need to read Story of a Soul. Uh-huh. And I don't know, in like 10th grade whenever I got confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. So we're finally fulfilling the sticky note. So I'm proud. That's beautiful. Yeah. She's my confirmation saint. Ah, so okay. Yeah. She's so did a you good take one. Therese as your name? Yes. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, mm-hmm. I did have a question. So yeah. the three sisters who made their final vows yeah. and like the sister who wrote the the book uh-huh. um do you know those sisters now oh totally yes. okay yeah in fact one of them uh i've worked with in our editorial department mm. for years that's awesome and we're really good friends and and she's praying for us this morning too Aww. so yeah <laughs> we have all kinds of daughters of saint paul praying for yeah. the podcast this morning Aww. yeah yeah um so it's a total like full circle like, it really yeah. is yeah the sister who wrote the book on francis xavier she passed away a few years ago her mm. name was sister susan helen and she was amazing she would she grew up in the same city in ohio that really? i did wow. yeah yeah wow. so um mm. yeah yeah I, I think there yeah there's a lot of divine providence there like the yes. lord working in, in yeah. really interesting ways mm. yeah. yeah and even just like I don't know. I, I was talking to Mike Drehos, um, who does faith formation for the Archdiocese. He's he has a podcast episode coming out soon. Uh-huh. Um, and we were talking about how small the Catholic world is in yeah. such like a beautiful way, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool for someone who like hasn't quite figured out where in the Catholic world I'll land. Like, I don't know if that's media or social work mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, but like the chances of like if I join a religious order or like work at the pastoral center or something like Mm -hmm. I probably already know those people you know what I mean like I've probably already been interacting with the people who will like come full circle and like complete my story later because the catholic world is so like beautifully small and like everyone Mm -hmm. knows everyone and like there's so much divine providence yeah Um, yeah which is just a really beautiful thought that Mike Drehos and I were talking about 
a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a podcast-packed week. I was telling Kelsey when she came in, I have three podcasts today, and I had one earlier this week. So we are, <laughs> we are like on fire with like so many good Catholic people coming in. But and I got you while you're freshly yes. caffeinated. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I've slept. And yeah, yeah, yeah. all good. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm sure guest number three will be fine today, though. Yeah. Be great. That's yeah. that's a guest who's calling in. So like that's always a little. I don't know. Extra special. (laughs) Extra special is a good way. Good way to put that. Um, I like in-person guests, but calling in is fine too. Yeah. Um, All right. So your your life story up until that point, we Mm -hmm. we have made it. So Daughters of St. Paul, you first encountered at the bookstore and then the retreat. Mm -hmm. Um, And then how did you make the jump to decide to enter? And how old were you? Oh, so I I came back uh, for the high school retreat a second time, and then and then I basically asked if I could enter. <laughs> so for the daughters of Saint Paul, uh, you can apply to enter after you've graduated high school. You have to be eighteen years old and mm-hmm. graduated. Uh, that's our our minimum age. Uh, some communities require you to be a little older than that. For us, eighteen and high school is the the minimum. Yeah. And I I felt I just felt really convicted by the Lord that it was it was the next step He wanted me to take. Um, I think actually, like I was always really impatient in my mm. discernment, <laughs> so that. This is not a discernment tip. <laughs> this is a cautionary tale. But, yeah. you know, Jesus works with us wherever we're at. So I was always really impatient. I was like, I want to come back because yeah. that was so great. So then I came back and then I was like, all right, I want to enter like as soon as possible. So uh, the the vocation directors at the time uh, recommended that I take a year of candidacy after I graduated, mm-hmm. uh, which which was good advice. It was good for me. So I got a little work experience, a little college experience. Uh, I also got to have a little, uh, we call it an apostolic experience. So I spent a month with the sisters mm-hmm. in our community in Los Angeles. That's cool. I had never been yeah. to the West Coast or anything. So the sisters were really good to me. Uh, so that that was great. I lived with them. I helped in the book center in LA. Um, I got to see the missions out there. It was Ooh. really fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And you just, you see like what, what it's like to live community life yeah. with the sisters. Uh, so that, that was a good discernment experience for me. And then I was like, okay, I did the year <laughs> canonist. Now can I enter? So I entered at 19. Okay. Uh, so a year after I graduated high school and, um, yeah. And our, our formation process uh, takes several years. For for most women, it takes nine or 10 years. Because I entered young, I had an extra year of postulancy, so I could do a little bit of my college work. Yeah. Um, and, and I had a little extra time in temporary vows too, just to finish off studies and, yeah. and just to give myself time to, to make that, that journey. Cause when you make final vows, you really want to be, yeah you want to be locked in. So mm-hmm. I, I thought all along that I was locked in, <laughs> but I think discernment, um, which I think we'll get yeah. into now or shortly, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially if you're discerning, well, 
probably any discernment you're making, but if you're discerning religious life with a religious community, uh, you're discerning between yourself and God, like where is God calling you? Mm -hmm. Do I feel this is a good fit? But with the religious community, you're also discerning with the community. Yeah. You know, so I think my discernment experience in retrospect, like I could tell you this 22 <laughs> years in, like was a, it was a good experience of like the wisdom of the community. Mm. Like don't, don't rush yourself. Like, yeah. you know, um, and as, as a, a young person, I didn't know all the things I didn't know, you know, so the community gave me that time. You know, formation is really beautiful because you have you have time and space and a rhythm of life kind of built in yeah. to help you really consider deeply like all the things of your life and your relationship with God and, you know, just to like figure yourself out and how to live this life well uh, for, for your own sake and for the sake of the community, yeah. mm -hmm. right? <laughs> mm -hmm. I live in the mother house. There's like 75 of us there. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have a lot of, like, the rubbing of elbows and yeah. stuff, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. So so that's my yeah. um, my journey in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah, I always had, like, I think an overabundance of enthusiasm. Mm. And I was like, let's do the next yeah. thing. <laughs> when do yeah. I get to make vows? Okay, when do I get to make final vows? I want to mm -hmm. give. And it, was, it came from a beautiful experience of God. Yeah. You know, like, I want to give everything to the Lord because he's given everything to me, like, mm -hmm. He, his love made everything in my life just seem beautiful and possible. Yeah. And yeah, and that's what he does for each one of us, mm -hmm. you know, in the way and the time that we need it. Yeah. So, but the community was like, also, you need to grow up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, let's not forget that part. Yeah. So that, that's beautiful. That's God's providence mm. for us. Yeah. So that is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then how did you end up in the mother house back Back in Boston, how yeah. did you travel around to the different locations? So in our community, uh, our assignments are kind of a, this is probably true of most religious communities, but I've lived in ours, so <laughs> I can speak about us. Uh, they're kind of a, a mix of like, what are the needs of the community, of the mission, and what are a sister's particular gifts? What maybe are her needs also? Um not maybe, like what yeah. also are the yeah. needs. So in my case, I after I made first vows, I spent a few years in our community in New York City, which was super fun yeah. and also just like mind-blowing to a girl who grew up in Ohio, like not in a big city. And yeah. uh, like the first time I went through Times Square, I was like, I've never seen so many people in my whole life. <laughs> I'm going to be carried away by a sea of people. Yeah. Uh, but I, I loved New York City so much. Um, and I was a temporary professor sister and needed to finish my college studies. So during our time of formation, we try to do um, a certain amount of theology and philosophy. Yeah. And if a sister hasn't gotten like her four-year degree, we try to see if she can finish that off during that time. Because mm -hmm. uh, the further on you get into yeah. things the less time you have for stuff and in formation there's a little more possibility uh, programmed in so so I started my studies while I was in New York and then the sisters needed somebody in our editorial department and this was not something that I saw necessarily in myself mm -hmm. or something that I was like I'm so good at this yeah 
But the uh, the sisters and our leadership at the time, they saw potential in me for our editorial team. And they also saw that it would be a, a good fit for me to come here, finish off my studies, and that it, it was just going to work well for all all the needs. Yeah. Um, together, so so I came I came back to Boston. I think like in two thousand seven, I uh, was first on our adult editorial team, mm-hmm. and then I was asked to move into our kids team. And I loved it's so funny because at first I was like, I don't know if I have like the skills for editorial, but mm-hmm. you know, our sister editors mentored me into it, yeah. and. And I took classes in editing and stuff, so that was great. And so I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can do this. This is fun. And then they were, the sisters were like, okay, so now can you be a children's editor? Because we need a children's editor. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't read a kid's book since, like, yeah, you know, how little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. What are, what are the youngins reading these yeah. days? <laughs> you know, and but one of our sisters, Sister Maria Grace, who writes – beautiful yeah. wonderful kids books she in fact she was one of the sisters who made her final vows really? at the first summer program wow. I went to yeah and yeah. I've met her yes yeah. yeah yeah she's fantastic so she told me because she loves kids books and writes for them she said you have to start reading kids books and I was like I I don't like kids books yeah. and she's like you have to do it this is for <laughs> Jesus you go read kids books and she gave me like a list of like the top 100 books to read and was like read all the New York Times bestsellers in all categories. So I read so many board books, picture books, beginner (laughs) readers, middle grade novels, YA. I got like really into YA for a while. And then I was like, this stuff is super angsty. Yeah. (laughs) So I had to dial it back a little bit. Um, And I fell in love with it. And to me, it was such a grace of of the mission and the apostolate. Uh, so I I was a children's book editor for us for about five years mm-hmm. and just had a blast, like, um, just discovering, like, the joy of, like, how kids think, how they approach God, like, their natural sense of wonder yeah. and how we can help evoke that through the media that mm-hmm. we give them. Like, it's so much fun. And then... Sister Grace got transferred, and the sisters were like, okay, you were good with the adult editing thing. Can you move back into adults? So I was like, oh, Jesus, I love the kids' books, but okay, I'll go do books without pictures, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I went into adult books, and I did that for, I don't know, six or seven years maybe. And and I grew to love that so much. I worked on so many fun projects. I did oh, my little water bottle with all the, the swag on it. It's got mm-hmm. Memento Mori. I worked with Sister yeah. Lathy on her Memento Aww. Mori projects and um, Strangeness of Truth with yes. Father Ferenc. Yeah. And just like so many more, all my authors out there, if anybody's listening, I loved your project so much. <laughs> um, and just had so much fun and fell in love with that too. Uh, and then this fall, we needed a children's editor again. And the sisters were like, remember that thing you were so good at? And I was like, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. had to, like, stop reading kids' books so that I could get my head back into adult world. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now I'm back in kids and very happily reading picture books nice. in my free time. 
So. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So this is how Jesus works. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He keeps us on our toes and and it's beautiful to me to see how when we when we open ourselves to him. I'm sure you've experienced this because like just in the time I've met you, you've already done like things that I'm guessing you didn't foresee you would be yes. doing, oh, you yeah. know, over the next like three or four yeah. years. Um I think when we open our hearts to the Lord, like he gives us joy and love. Yeah. For for the things that he entrusts to us and the people he entrusts mm-hmm. to us. So Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of um, <laughs> Michaela Hagar, who's a youth minister, and I, she's been on the podcast a few times, and, and we were talking about, like, not, I don't know, like, these projects, like, the podcast that just, like, fell into place. And I would, I never thought I was going to have a podcast in college. Like, that's, yeah. that's weird. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we were, we tied it into a very interesting, I was talking about it again last night, conversation about self self-worth and how like Mm -hmm. if these things that you're putting out are good like good fruit then what does that say about the tree that's producing them so in Mm -hmm. moments that you're like doubting like can I ever be one of those saints that I read Mm -hmm. about like if I'm putting out fruit that is good and holy that means that I must be like I'm the way that we put it is I must be a half decent tree if I'm putting out good beautiful no you must be like an amazing tree (laughs) (laughs) who's like doing what I'm supposed to be doing in the right time and place yeah. and like following yeah. the will of the oh, Lord. I love that. Yeah. Like things like this podcast aren't just like, oh, mm-hmm. I think I'll have a podcast for me. It's like, yeah, it was well discerned. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like good job discerning, like little pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> Half decent tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of discerning though. Yeah. I think, I think we should talk about discerning. Should we? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What, what should we talk about? Mm, that, that's that's a big question, and I posed a big question too. Um, oh, you want me to just dive mm, in? I don't know. I feel like I feel like you might be the expert on this in this room. But, um, <laughs> well, uh, I I think that saying one is an expert on such things would be uh, very uh, dangerous yes. to claim. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> you are a half decent tree on this subject. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess general discernment tips, if you want to talk about that, and then like. More specifically, like religious life discernment tips. Yeah. Okie doke. We yeah. can dive in on that. One thing about the tree, though, because oh, I dear. really love that. <laughs> no, just while you were saying it, yeah. I was like, it's very easy for me to say to you, like, no, you, ha- you have to be like a thriving tree mm-hmm. if you're bearing good fruit. Like, that's how trees kind of work, yeah. right? Yeah. I think. I don't know. I'm not a horticulturist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Like that's a that's a beautiful sign of like thriving, but it's very it's so much easier for me to say that to you, yeah, than for me to claim that for myself, yes. which yeah. literally just happened. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, for whatever that's worth to those of you who are listening, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you think you're only half decent, yeah, what would you say to somebody else? You probably tell them that they were awesome. Yes, know? yeah, you are all amazing trees. Yes. Yes. All together in Jesus. Okay. So if we're going to talk about discernment, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with a little scripture quote. I don't mind at all. Because this is kind of my thing right now. So a few weeks ago, um, I I was actually, I was watching 
Do we do we comment on other media yes, on this? Of okay, course. so I was watching The Chosen <laughs> with some of the sisters. Have you heard of this? I have not. No. Okay, so you can yeah. check out The Chosen. I think you can stream it online. You can stream it on an on their app, definitely. Okay. Um, it's a, a Christian group that's doing uh, gospel stories, okay. like movies, yeah, little movies. Um, and it, it's coming out in episodes, and a lot of the sisters are totally into it. So this is like media nun catnip. Like, yeah. we love this kind of stuff. <laughs> well done media that brings people closer to God. So uh, the sisters are saying, you, you've got to watch it. And so I watched the first episode, and and it was actually it was so powerful. I haven't watched the second one yeah. yet because I was like, wow, that was really moving. Uh, the first episode is all about Mary Magdalene. Mm. And in this episode, there is a, a verse from Isaiah that was really important to her. And ever since I've seen this, so like for weeks now, this has been like my go-to verse when I think about discernment yeah. and vocation and just like all of that. So um, so that's just the origin okay. all of right. this. And if you, if you want to cry, <laughs> watch the first episode of The Chosen. So uh, this... This is from Isaiah 43. It's just the first verse, and I'll read it to you. But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Um, as, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking this actually goes right in with your tree thing. Mm-hmm. So, so I love this verse, and it just speaks to me about discernment and vocation and, like, God's plan for us. Uh, because it starts out by saying, so Isaiah, as this prophet of the Lord, is speaking in the name of the Lord, mm. which is super cool, right? And he's saying, the Lord who created and formed us, like, he made us. Yeah. Um, if we weren't on a podcast, I would show you I have this little coil pot that one of the sisters made. And um, and it, it's not perfect. We were doing arts and crafts for for a, a retreat, in mm. fact. Um, and and so it's it's what it is. But to me, it's such a beautiful uh, symbol of like. There's another prophet, Jeremiah, who says the Lord is the Potter and we're the mm. clay. So you think you're like Isaiah says that like the Lord created us and formed us. He, he made us just like we'll we'll make a little coil pod yeah. and we'll roll out the little, you know, mm-hmm. snake and form it around. And, like, we have an idea in our head of what we're going to create. Um, we're not master potters. Yeah. So sometimes our pot might turn out a little wonky or whatever. <laughs> so, like, sometimes I think I'm, like, just an okay tree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but God's, like, this master potter. Like, he only creates masterpieces. Mm-hmm. And so when he forms us and creates us, he has, he knows exactly what gift he's putting into the world by creating us. Um, and so this is just like taking me over when I think of like, because I, I do vocation work for the community yes. just for people <laughs> listening. <laughs> Random side hobby yes. I have. <laughs> I think about vocation. Uh, so I, I often uh, go like to confirmation classes mm-hmm. or schools or uh, help with discernment retreats we have. So so I, I'm thinking about this pretty often. Like, what, what does it mean to have a vocation? And then how do we discern it? 
Yeah. And to me, like, the two things go so well together because it's like our vocation is is holiness, first of all. So we all, every baptized person has, like, the same vocation, but then, like, how do we live it out, mm-hmm. right? That That's what, yeah, that's, like, the big question that a lot of us are asking, um, and especially young people yeah. are, are asking, like, like the world is before you and anything's possible. Like what is what is this gift that God has has put into your heart mm-hmm. to bring into the world? Um so so I just I love this this phrase that the the Lord created us and formed us. He doesn't make us into little wonky pots, mm-hmm. you know, that are maybe a little, you know, um not not masterpieces you know he makes he makes masterpieces works of art he puts us out into the world and he tells us not to be afraid Mm -hmm. that he's redeemed us so even when I feel like I'm a just okay enough tree or (laughs) my my little coil pot's a little misshapen like like I don't have to be afraid because there's so much more that God has put into each one of our hearts and that his love wants to make blossom and thrive and like bear all of that good yeah. fruit you were talking about, um, then I, I can even imagine. Uh, so, so I don't need to be afraid he's redeemed us. I mean, this is, yeah. this is Jesus. Yeah. And right now we're in Lent. Like that's, that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And he's called us by name. Like he knows, he knows who, who we are, like what our, yeah. Our deepest, truest identity is, um, and and we belong to him. So, so like that gives us so much security going yeah. ahead, and and trusting that like he does, he has put some beautiful gift of his love in each one of mm-hmm. us to shine shine forth in the world. So, so I would say like if we're talking about discernment, and especially if if you're thinking of like discernment of your vocation in life or some big step that maybe you feel like the Lord is calling you to. Um, like I would really strongly suggest like start there, read Isaiah 43 verse one and like pray with it and just let those words like sink in because that starts us off from this place of of real security. Even if we don't know what God is doing next, actually, if you don't know what God is doing (laughs) next, you can read like verse two. (laughs) Then he's like, when you pass through water, I'll be with you. If you go through Mm -hmm. a river, you won't drown fire. No worries. You know, but, um, but if we start from that place of security and like trust in the Lord, like I think meditating on scripture like that can, can grow so much trust in our hearts. Like, like God has something good for us, yeah. you know, no matter, no matter what the situation seems like right now, you know, he has something good for us and we are something good, mm-hmm. you know. Good tree. Yeah. Good tree. Yes. Amazing tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Something you said reminded me of um, like God calling us by name and like our deepest, like surest identity. Um, I'm doing a book study with friends right now with the Abiding Together podcast with oh, Sister Miriam. I love them. They're like yeah. Lenten, um, the Prodigal Son okay. um, book that they're reading. Mm-hmm. And Sister Miriam was talking on this week's podcast about um, how it's so important like to have hidden parts of your spiritual life that are reserved for only you and God. 
Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a given, but then also like it's not often that someone actually says that out loud, Mm -hmm. that there are like parts of my heart that only he knows, like the deep core of this tree, like Mm -hmm. where the good fruit is actually coming from is reserved for just him and me. Mm -hmm. Um, And like not oversharing and being sure to guard your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. That really struck me and I don't really know what to do with that. But Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Like there's a part of me that he calls by name that only he has seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that ties into discernment for sure. Like yeah. you need to build up that like refuge, that like secret hidden place for him mm-hmm. to speak to you within you mm-hmm. um, in order to like be on this journey of discerning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the part that he's going to call mm-hmm. or one part that it's important for him to call. Like he can call your like I don't know. I don't want to say like worldly gifts, but like the the things that you're good at, the things that you do, like the charisms might connect to you. um, But it's in that secret place that like, I don't know. I feel like that's really the part that needs to be drawn and converted and Mm -hmm. brought along on this journey. I feel like we could spin off a whole other podcast episode on what you just said. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot, there's a lot there. I think it made me think two things. One is that, like, as people who communicate mm-hmm. and who communicate, like, for Jesus and for the gospel, yeah, that is a real point of discernment. Mm-hmm. Like, what is he calling me to share? Yeah. Um, my personal tendency has always been, like, to undershare. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, Um but I, I think it's very easy to see how, like, on social media and stuff, it we can maybe, um, we can overshare. Yeah. Or, yeah. Wow, that would be such a great thing to, like, reflect reflect on yeah. or take time to pray about. Mm-hmm. Like, what what is God calling me to share? Like, am I being bold in, in sharing the good things he's done with me? Yeah. And then also... Um, that reverence mm-hmm. that we need to have for for his very personal way of working with yeah. each one of us. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was one thing it made me think of. Um, and then the other thing it made me think of was, so I, I brought this little list of discernment tips. So I was working with Sister Emily Beata, who's our National Vocation mm-hmm. Directress, and we were doing a retreat Um in the in the new years right after christmas and we were brainstorming a list of discernment tips and we we're like oh just a few discernment tips and we came up with like 26 things <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so i brought the list of 26 things but i i was looking at them and i was like oh there's i don't know what do we got seven seven or eight of them are all about like really staying plugged into jesus mm-hmm. because it can be just like you said like we can think of discernment, we can over-spiritualize discernment, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, we could also be so uber-practical that mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm good at this thing and I'm yeah. qualified for this thing, so therefore that means God must be, mm-hmm. you know, asking me. And that it's it's everything, like, all messily yeah. together, you know. Um, but the thing that keeps us rooted is staying plugged into mm-hmm. Jesus. So we've... We've got to keep talking to him. So, you know, like I have this whole list of like all the different ways you could pray and make sure you're staying plugged in Mm -hmm. to the Lord. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. Does that speak to your point a little bit? Yes, it does. A lot. Um, And I like the other points on this list, like don't discern in a vacuum. Mm, That that is a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Visiting, talking to people. Yeah. Which also like that goes right back to this like dilemma of what's oversharing and what's like authentic and vulnerable. And obviously Mm -hmm. what you're going to share with the world, what you're going to share on social media with your friends and with like your confessor, spiritual director, vocations Mm -hmm. director, like those are all different levels Mm -hmm. of like where oversharing becomes a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if it's also like part of like letting that that spiritual fruit kind of mature too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like like maybe sometimes you have to let it like ripen a little bit Mm -hmm. before before we're able to share certain fruits from our tree in a way that's going to be helpful for others. And I think that the Lord the more we stay plugged into the Lord and the more we grow in being able to discern, like, what what is he really prompting me to, the more we'll be able to tell, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this is a moment where even though this is a little uncomfy, he's yeah. saying, go for it. Go for it. Like, be authentic. Be <laughs> Do wonderful. it, Sister Chrissy, you know. <laughs> or, you know, another moment where it's like, yeah, you're, you haven't learned everything I want you to learn yet, yeah. so... You maybe you think that you have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but like dial it back just mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, um, wait for the fruit to ripen a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's a good mm. might be a good image for it. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I feel like I don't know. Th- so this episode that I recorded earlier this week, which I think goes ap- out after, I was talking to Mike Drehos, who started the Discipleship Week retreat, uh-huh. um, which is what brought me and Kathleen and a bunch of other friends together to even meet each other and be friends. Uh-huh. Lovely. Um, but a big emphasis of that and the, like, disciples in mission mm-hmm. thing in the archdiocese mm-hmm. is crafting your personal witness, Ooh. which is very effective. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like as a 14-year-old, like, when I was like, go, like, craft mm-hmm. your personal witness and tell the world, um, there was not a conversation personally, like, interiorly or with other people mm-hmm. um, about, like, what's what's too much to share, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. well-discerned. And also, I don't think there was much, like, ripe fruit at 14. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it needed a few more years. But mm-hmm. also, like, that doesn't mean that the fruit wasn't good at the yeah. same time. Oh, yeah. Because even thinking back, like, there's – we had two high school boys on the podcast, like, I don't know, maybe a year ago, and one of them is my good friend Gavin. And Gavin's – witness that he gave like I went to discipleship week one year and then I went back to our parish and like gave my witness again he had a profound experience based on Mm -hmm. my witness like he like Mm -hmm. ran out of the room had this huge experience of God and like I don't know like yeah praise God like that was an amazing moment and then the following year at discipleship week his like turning point and his witness talk was my witness talk Mm -hmm. so like clearly like the fruit was not ripe like I can definitely say that but that doesn't mean that the fruit isn't good and that he's not gonna work with what we give him yeah even if it's like not quite there yet oh my gosh thank god god works with all of our yeah unripe fruit yeah (laughs) varying stages of ripeness yeah and our our Good efforts yeah. and willingness to put ourselves mm-hmm. at his service. And yeah, yeah, I think that has more value than us figuring things out yes. perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Which could be another trap that we fall into when we're mm-hmm. trying to discern. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, just like I was saying in my discernment, like I was so over eager at times mm-hmm. that like I didn't I didn't know all the things that I needed to yeah. know and learn and and just grow through, mm-hmm. you know, as a person. Um, yeah. But but God works through that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's much bigger than our our foibles. So yeah. true. Very true. Yeah. All right. So we have to wrap up in a few minutes, but do you have something that you might want to promo a little bit? Oh, yes. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So Olivia very graciously um, invited me to let you all know about our Holy Week discernment retreat. So we've done this for years at our mother house here in Boston. Um, it's open to single women ages 18 to 33. So if that's you and you've been maybe kicking around a little inkling of, (laughs) is God calling me to religious life? Um, If you would like a little time and space to pray about that and to discern that, um, we'd be happy to accompany you. Uh, It's a beautiful, beautiful way to spend Holy Week. It's all um, celebrated the whole triduum with our sisters and there's a lot of time of silence and prayer and community and we celebrate Easter it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. so that's April 8th to the 13th and if you're interested you can uh, email us at vocations at paulinemedia.com or you can go on our website daughtersofstpaul.com slash vocations and check it out and i'll i'll give you the info maybe you can yeah, post it, it on twitter or something yeah, but in yeah. the show notes too when, one of those social media things oh yes yeah. <laughs> we can do that here yeah. <laughs> um speaking of social media um <laughs> do you want to answer um, oh my gosh father cassidy's questions yes. <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking to see if there have been any other questions on twitter but i tweeted out something very suspicious like if you could ask a daughter of saint paul anything what would you ask um and we got some responses, but I think Father <laughs> Cassidy's is the the best answer. He he was the the one question that I saw before we started up. Mm-hmm. So um, Father Cassidy asked if the sisters had any good stories about the pact. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Okay. Seeing the pact in action. <laughs> <laughs> so to that, I would respond, Father Cassidy, that listeners may also have another question, which is, what is the pact? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So a little uh, background on that. Uh, our founder, uh, we just celebrated 100 years of this prayer uh, that our founder, Blessed James Alberione, uh, wrote and gave to our community. So uh, the prayer we call the pact, so it's like an agreement or contract. Um, I think the the Italian word is where our community is founded in Italy is really like contract. Um This originated at a time when Blessed James was encountering a lot of difficulties in the early days of our community and the Society of St. Paul and all the other works that Blessed James had gotten off the ground. And he was really afraid for the future of these communities. And he had so many young people who were joining him in all these works. And so I think it was just like a lot of stress for him. And so he went to the Lord and he, he wrote down and we, we have the original agreement that he wrote. Um, and it, it's a line from the Gospels uh, where uh, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be given to you. 
And so the founder, he signed that um, in the name of the Trinity. So he was like really gutsy. So sometimes <laughs> saints just have like crazy faith that mm. is hard for us to even imagine. Um, but he really trusted in in the Lord making this promise to us that if we seek first the kingdom of heaven, and actually the founder signed his name there, mm. and then it, it says, and all else will be given to you, and that's where he, he put Father, Son, and Holy <laughs> Spirit. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, and <laughs> and he, he entrusted that to the Lord, and from that he developed a, a longer prayer that now is in the prayer books of all daughters of St. Paul, all priests and brothers of the Society of St. Paul, every... Um, sister disciple of the divine master, all the Paulines around the yeah. world. I'll pray from this prayer book written by our founder. And so we pray this prayer, the pact, and it's basically a huge prayer of trust saying that if we put God first in our lives, that God is going to provide everything for us. He is going to provide the time we need to do things, the resources um, for us personally, for us as a community, etc. So um, do I have stories of the pact in action? I was thinking about this on the drive over, and I wish I had, like, mm. oh, my gosh, we had, like, the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. <sighs> Probably there are sisters who have stories like mm. that. Um, I don't, but I would, or at least I can't think of one right now. But <laughs> <laughs> but I I was thinking, I think my my experience of the Lord and of religious life has been an experience of the mm. pact of like every time I give something to the Lord, like he, he responds over and above, you know, and, and when I feel most in need or like the most lacking in what I need myself or like what I need to carry out, you know, my mission or whatever. Like, like God is always there and he, he provides a way forward and, and he provides abundantly. So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think to me, it's the, my experience of the pact is less, um, a fun story I can tell on a <laughs> podcast <laughs> and a little more just uh, this way that God is with with yeah. me. And I think that's how God wants to be with each one of us. I mean, it's in the gospel, so it's not yeah. just like, oh, my daughters of St. Paul can experience this. No, like we put God first in our lives. God's going to be there mm. for us, you know, and that doesn't negate like the difficulties that we bump up against, yeah. you know, but... But God, God is there. He responds to our mm. trust. You know, he doesn't leave us hanging. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Solid. And I also will file away that that question for any other daughters of St. Paul that I have on the podcast. You may very have. well get very interesting stories. Okay. So, right. yeah. yeah. Fucking that one away. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for some Catholic quick questions before we wrap up? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. This is. I forgot this was a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So the first one, in the spirit of the mountain goat, um, what's your favorite animal? <gasps> rabbits. Aww. I love floppy-eared bunny <laughs> rabbits. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was fast. I like that. <laughs> what's your favorite book of the Bible? Ooh. Song of Songs. Mm. I love the Song of Songs. That's a good one. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. This next one is an unfair question for anyone Pauline, but um, what's your favorite book in general? My favorite book in general. Oh, that is unfair. Everybody's mm-hmm. been posting like hashtag world book day and like what you're uh-huh. and I'm like, I can't answer that. Yeah. I cannot answer that. Uh, favorite, favorite books. Or maybe like what are you reading currently or I don't know. What am I reading currently? Uh, Sister Maria Grace just gave me A Wolf Called Wander to read. So this yeah. is middle grade fiction, which she highly recommended because it's told from the point of view of the so huh. I, um, if Sister Grace is listening, I'm so sorry I haven't cracked it open yet, but I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> um, I, I love books that come to mind. I love Dorothy Sayers, Lord Peter Whimsey mysteries. Um, I love Anne of Green Gables. Mm. Uh, those are probably some of my favorite books, Sherlock Holmes. Ooh. I'm kind of a sucker for a good mystery. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Those are like fun reading. Yeah. Favorite fun reading. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could be best friends with any one saint, who would it be? Oh, Francis Xavier, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> Can't wait to meet him. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could meet any pope in history, who would it be? Ooh. Oh, I'd like to meet St. Peter. Mm. I mean, yeah. he yeah. he knew Jesus, so yeah, <laughs> solid answer, solid yeah. reasoning. Yeah. All right, that is all I have for Catholic quick questions for today. <laughs> <laughs> it has been so lovely to chat with you and have you on, and such a good conversation. Thanks, so. Amelia and Olivia. Yeah. It was a joy, and I'll be praying for everyone who's listening. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I will... have a happy Lent. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, I'll link all your social media and don't forget about the discernment retreat. If that is something you're thinking about, all of the information will be in the show notes. So, all right. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week. God bless you. Bye. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to this episode of the To The Heights podcast. It seriously was such a joy to record um, and to sit down and chat with Sister Christina Thank you so much, sister, for coming on um, and just spending some time in the studio hanging out with me. Um, you were an absolute joy to talk to, and oh my goodness, I loved it. For more episodes of the To The Heights podcast, um, you can find us on grexley.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash grexley um, for some super cool behind-the-scenes stuff and some swag. And you can also find swag and merch on um, our Redbubble store, which is on grexley.com, as well as you can find all of our podcast episodes there, all the way back to like a year ago when I started the To The Heights podcast, which is crazy that we're almost a year old. Um, That is insane. And I am so grateful for this podcast and all the connections I've made because of it um, and all the people that I've met. And thank you all so, so much for listening. Um, It really, truly means a lot. Um, if you want to connect with us, we are at to the heights CTV on social media. You can shoot us an email at to the heights podcast at gmail.com, or you can get in touch with me at Olivia Rose underscore art on any social media or Olivia Rose Talk to you next week and keep on reaching to the heights. Mm-hmm.